This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, questions arise on how the Small Business Administration handled a key program helping businesses during the pandemic. Could the State Department have communicated better in getting Americans back home at the height of COVID-19? And since the pandemic changed how most people work, federal agencies may have to be more accommodating as well. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Small Business Administration is coming under fire for how it has managed a key loan program to help businesses recover from the COVID epidemic. 17 Republican lawmakers write to SBA Administrator Isabel Guzman seeking information about how the agency managed the COVID economic injury disaster loan program. The lawmakers say administrative missteps continued to plague the EIDL and prevent basic communication efforts with small businesses. The letter comes one day after SBA closed the EIDL portal and 11 days after it stopped accepting loan applications. SBA says it allocated more than $351 billion in relief aid to 3.9 million borrowers through the relief fund. Running low on COVID tests? The Biden administration says now's your chance to stock up. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. The White House says households can now order a third round of free COVID-19 rapid tests on covidtest.gov and can now receive eight new tests. That's double what households could order the previous two rounds. The Biden administration is paying for the tests through funds from the American Rescue Plan spending package. The Postal Service has delivered about 350 million free tests so far through the program. About 70 million users have logged onto the site to order tests, but households can also order them over the phone. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. The State Department evacuated more than 800 Americans and other individuals from Wuhan, China, in the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic. But an inspector general report finds areas where state and its partner agencies could have communicated better. States struggled to provide accurate flight manifests of who it was bringing back to the U.S. to partner agencies. The department also had limited communications with state and local governments after the Department of Health and Human Services assumed primary responsibility for arrangements at U.S. ports of entry. The IG finds the Chinese government government also hampered the agency's ability to communicate with Americans living abroad. With a fleet of about 15,000 vehicles all over the world, the State Department needs to manage over a million requests for these vehicles annually, and now they must meet fuel efficiency and alternative fuel regulations. To accomplish that, the department is putting out feelers for the availability and capabilities of fleet management companies. They released a sources sought notice seeking assistance in the overall planning, coordination, and administration of its agency-wide fleet management program and initiatives. Those interested should submit the responses by May 31st. The Environmental Protection Agency says it's having difficulty meeting some of its commitments due to understaffing. For example, EPA Administrator Michael Regan says the agency currently only has 50% of the staff it needs to meet the requirements of the Toxic Substances Control Act. That's why EPA's budget request includes funds to hire 1,900 new full-time employees. Regan says EPA also needs new talent and expertise to keep up with the evolution of technology. The Social Security Administration has lost one out of every eight of its employees. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman reports. SSA staffing is at a 25-year low. That's compounded by long training times for new hires and an overworked staff. 
At a House hearing, the agency's Deputy Commissioner for Operations, Grace Kim, acknowledged employees' low job satisfaction. Kim says a lack of adequate funding worsens retention issues. The agency's fiscal 2023 budget request includes room for 4,000 new hires and expands overtime hours. Drew Friedman, Federal News Network. The OMB director wants agencies to look at the future of work. Federal News Network's Jason Miller explains. Shalanda Young, the OMB director, tells House Appropriations Committee lawmakers that there are things agencies must do to stay competitive with the private sector when it comes to hiring and retaining employees. This means OMB and other agencies must reevaluate what work looks like. What do we have to do to retain and get good staff? And I think that comes down to are we providing a flexible workplace? Uh, are we hoteling? Do we have maximum telework? Young says she expects these changes to produce savings in office space as well. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. The White House withdraws some key nominees for the Department of Homeland Security. Alice Hill was put forth as Deputy Administrator for Resilience at the Federal Emergency Management Agency. William Valdez was nominated to be Undersecretary for Management at DHS. The White House withdrew both nominees on Tuesday without explanation. Valdez's nomination was first announced last July, while Hill's nomination was announced in January. The National Treasury Employees Union pushes for more clarity on who can file labor management bargaining disputes. Currently, the Federal Labor Relations Authority lets any lawful association submit a request, but NTEU argues the language unintentionally opens the door to groups not affiliated with federal workers. So far, only one request has ever been granted to an unaffiliated group, but the union says FLRA still uses time and resources to justify the denial of those types of requests. NTEU is petitioning to clarify the language for FLRA. The Air Force awards its largest military construction contract ever. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni has the details for us. In 2018, a Category 5 hurricane completely destroyed Tyndall Air Force Base in Florida. Now the Air Force is prepared to invest more than $600 million for facilities supporting F-35s on the base. The contract is part of the $4.9 billion rebuild of the installation. The funds will go towards hangars, a maintenance complex, and a training facility. The Air Force is calling Tyndall the base of the future, one which can withstand extreme weather and provide new attractions for airmen. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. The Space Force is the newest member of the intelligence community, and now it's ready to build that out a bit. The service says it will add three new intelligence squadrons to its ranks in the next two years. The commander of the service's Space Operations Command said the squadrons will add more intelligence, reconnaissance, and surveillance capabilities to the military branch. It will also add to the Space Force's cybersecurity. The Pentagon says it's appointed a new senior official to coordinate the collection of data about what the military calls unidentified aerial phenomena, what most people would call UFOs. Testifying before Congress yesterday, DOD's top intelligence official also said the department wants to destigmatize the issue and encourage pilots to report anything unusual they see in the skies. A DOD report last year cataloged more than 100 reports of objects seeming to move in ways that can't be immediately explained by normal laws of physics, but added that almost none of the cases are accompanied by enough data to draw conclusions about what actually happened. And lawmakers press for progress on federal cybersecurity measures. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. In the year since President Joe Biden signed an expansive cybersecurity executive order, agencies have made some key strides in adopting defenses like endpoint detection and recovery. But during a House Homeland Security Committee hearing yesterday, lawmakers pointed out that agencies have also missed some key deadlines, like for adopting multi-factor authentication. Federal Chief Information Security Officer Chris Derusha says agencies have made progress, but challenges remain. We recognize that large-scale transformation does not happen in a year. 
It requires a commitment, cultural change, tireless implementation, and continued investment. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.